Welcome to Goodwill Talk. We're so glad you're here today. At Goodwill Talk, you'll get to know your pastors, hear answers to your questions, gain biblical perspective on things going on in the world, and most of all, grow in your love for Jesus and the Bible. Let's listen in to today's conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Goodwill Talk. This is Pastor Marcos. I am one of your hosts. As always, I'm joined by your other host, Jessica Kilduff. How's it going? Good afternoon. You doing good? Yeah. All right. Well, you say good afternoon, but a lot of people are getting this in the morning. Good morning to those of you who are having a morning. <laughs> what is it like the Truman Show? Good afternoon, good morning, and good night. Hey, there you or go. However, I like it. However, I like good morning, it. Good afternoon and good night. Oh, man, that was a good movie. I like that movie. I just watched that recently with yeah? my children. That was fun. They didn't quite grasp... I don't think like all like, all of what was going on. They didn't understand the existential crisis at the heart of the movie. Yeah, well, I think at the end when it got there, they were like, "Oh, that is kind of weird, isn't it?" <laughs> but like all through it, when I was trying to explain yeah. to them like what they're, you know, like this is why they're showing this. This is, you know, like he has no idea. Like he's totally being taken advantage of. It's a. It's they a, didn't quite get that. It's a solid movie. It's a. I would almost recommend it. I don't know that I do. I haven't seen it long. It's been a long time since I've seen it, so I don't remember what's objectionable in it. I. I feel. I mean, I watched a television version of it, so maybe there's something. Oh, there you go. So maybe that was I, that's something that I don't do remember, it. but that's, yeah. that's why we watched it because we, it, it just kind of came on TV, and I was like, "Oh, that's a good movie. Let's watch it." There you go, man. It's been a long time. Yeah, I'll have to go check that out again. All right, yeah, listen, I, highly, I, I recommend it. It's uh, well, that's good because it's a recommendation. It's recommendation day. <laughs> Not All necessarily right. movies, but no, we're gonna recommend things. Yeah, I don't. I, some of them are going to be things to do. Some are going to be things to read. We're going to do this on a, not a regular basis, but at least on an annual basis. There will be recommendation day. Yeah. This is our own little holiday that we have made up our for ourselves. Day. Recommendation day. I love making recommendations to folks because it's a way to, to encourage people in their walk with the Lord um, outside of Sunday. Yeah. These are just ways to, you know, do you make recommendations to people a lot? Uh, I'm not very social, so I don't talk to a lot of, <laughs> a lot of people. <laughs> So maybe I don't have a lot of opportunity okay. to make recommendations, but I am very opinionated. Oh, well, so. that's all you need to be. You just need to be opinionated and you have recommendations. Yeah, recommending. I do have, I, I feel like they might not be good recommendations, but I have right. them. Fair enough. All right. So let's start, let's start here. Okay. This is a podcast, as yeah. you know. Is this the only podcast that you are aware of? Or is there others that you would recommend that you think people might really enjoy? No, I love... Probably the first podcast I really started listening to, and I don't even know how I found them. It's the Reformed Brotherhood. You're wearing their hoodie today. I'm wearing their sweatshirt. I just yeah. happen to be wearing their sweatshirt. All right. But uh, it's a podcast done by um, a brother and brother-in-law who I, I believe their story is that they grew up friends. Um, and then the the one brother introduced his friend to his sister, or the, you know, through being friends they met, and the sister married the friend. So, but one's, I believe, a, a Baptist or grew up a Baptist and the other's a Presbyterian. So they kind of have a little, not conflicting views, but, you know, it's a pretty well-rounded show. I okay. Feel, I feel like they talk, it's a little nerdy. I remember, oh. I think I had recommended it to you or sent you an episode of something and you were like, I had to like actually sit and listen, listen to that. Yeah, I remember that. You, it's, but not it like was a, it's not a passive listening show. It, it was not a complicated topic, to be fair. Like yes. if, if their topics are a little, you know, I'm not That's sure most, every single episode it's, is super deep is it no but i mean i would say it's it's a mix okay it's a mix they definitely do some that are very listenable and approachable and others that you're like i really need to all right like 
they just make you think. Get I out really, your thesaurus really like a little that. bit. Yeah, there's some good vocabulary uh, in their show for sure. So uh, here's here's the question though: When you make a recommendation, and this is just gonna be a helpful clarification for everybody listening here, are you endorsing every single word that comes out of these guys' mouths? Well, no, because they're people. Okay. <laughs> You know, I'm just saying, it's a sinful listens. person recommending sinful people. <laughs> so as much as I can, you know, I just say, like, I if, feel like they they're they're guys who take their faith really seriously. Okay. They they dig deep. They think through things. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, right. and I like you know I really like listening, especially in the last like year or so when they've done some current event ones. Is that okay. it's a. A, a, we're talking about it. Then we dig a little deeper. We dig a little deeper and kind of, you know, going about it from a bunch of different directions. Yeah. And, you know, really realizing at the end that there's not any great place to land, <laughs> but, but you're just, uh, you know, like more well-versed in your thinking about it. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, I like them. Good. And um, I'll bring them back up again later because when we talk about books. Oh, okay. But, All right. Well, that's a nice little tease. But you, you listen to podcasts. I, I listen to others, which I think you might listen to one of the ones that I listen to because your wife told me about it. I might. What's that? The gals. The gals. The theology <laughs> gals, uh, to be more specific. Yes, that is actually, that is the one I was going to recommend today. Awesome. Theology gals is, uh, it's a podcast been around for a little while. Yeah. Um, the one uh, woman who has kind of been through the whole thing is Colleen Sharp. Um, they had a Colleen. Colleen. I do that. I, I did. I, it looks like Colleen. I get it, it does. But and I accidentally Colleen. called her Colleen on her own show. <laughs> that was, uh, uh, but no, Colleen Sharp um, has been there the whole time. Uh, Rachel Green Miller is the newer host. Um, there were other women before her. Yes. She's the, they're the two who are doing it now. It's a fun show. Um, it is a little bit deeper sometimes. Yeah. They can go into things. And not just for women. It's not. It's not even necessarily. Right. There are some episodes geared towards women, but it's not. A, it's not. A, you're right. That's a good point. It's not a podcast. And Reform Brotherhood is not for men, just because it's the Brotherhood. Right. Right. Like yeah. these are these are the Reform Brotherhood and Theology Gals, men and women talking about theology. Uh, they will interview people. Yep. Um, they will. They'll talk about some sometimes difficult topics. Uh, they, they've been doing a little bit on spiritual abuse. They did a little bit on abuse in general. Um, interview with Diane Langberg a while ago was brilliant. Uh, that was on Theology Gals. It's just a really helpful podcast. Again, getting us thinking through theological things, some current event things, but Theology Gals doesn't get much into current events. They don't do that as often. No. They spend a lot more time talking about theological things, and they've gotten themselves in, in some hot water sometimes. Um, but... But they're good people, yeah. and they're trying hard. And ordinarily, um, I would say they're pretty firm, firm, firm-footed women. They are. I mean, they're very reformed. Very. Um, like, I think both both members of o, of the OPC. Uh, the yeah, yeah. I think they're Church. both. I'm pretty OPC. sure that they both are. Um, you know, I, I'm not recommending this because I was on the show. Like, don't get me wrong on this, all right? But one of the things that was interesting when I was on the show is it, it was clear they were the conservative ones in the room and I'm pretty darn conservative. Right. So went to Westminster theological seminary. Like I, I got my quote unquote receipts for what it is to be conservative. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my, yeah, you guys got me beat. Yeah, well, that's sometimes, <laughs> they know I, their stuff. sometimes I like to listen to them and I'm like, you've taken that maybe a bit further than I take it. Yeah. And, so, and I'll say I, now I've been listening to them for years. Okay. And I think when, when you guys first came here, Aaron, like, I don't know even how, but like somehow she like 
flipped a theological switch for me, I feel like. Okay. And it like started with, with the theology gals and listening to them. And I'm like, that's She's listening crazy. to them for a while. Like, how did you, li- how do you read this and get there? And, and I, I felt like they were not far off, but like they took it too far. Okay. And now I feel like as I've, you know, dug deeper into my Bible and kind of my theology has been sharpening. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I totally get how you got. I'm still maybe not like as far as you are there, yeah. I see, but you know, I just, I like them, they're, but they're very, very conservative. They are, but they're good. Oh, they're lovely, really good. It's lovely. a great show. It'll make you think again, I'm not co-signing every single thing they say. Yeah. I'm not going to do that for other people. I'm not going to do that for myself. Um, right. I'm not going to co-sign everything I've said in the past, but it's just a good show. And again, this is a way to sharpen your love for the Lord. That's what these shows are about. Right. Both of them. That's funny. When you had said we were going to do a uh, show on recommendations and I, I I think now that I'm thinking back to it, you did tell me podcasts and books, but I just didn't listen to that part. And I was just like, things I recommend. That's but, not weird. But one of them, th- no, I just, ignore I, didn't, I, I heard <laughs> the idea and I just didn't listen to you after that. I just took it my, the way I wanted to. <laughs> but one of the words on my list was discernment. That, okay. Like I recommend discernment. So I feel like in, in these, in the Facebook groups that go along with these podcasts, some of them <laughs> can be very like, someone gave me this book. What do you think of it? Well, yeah. you know, if you're really spending time in the word and you're spending time, you know, learning about God, then you can read the book on your own and you might get partway into it and be like, forget it. They're, you know, right. I, I, I'm not seeing anything in this book that I can take away, but there's other times I've read, you know, lots of other books that uh, I would wholeheartedly endorse 80% of it. Right. But that 20%, I can discern on my own to say, I think you're a little off or like, you know, the source that you're stating here, like, uh, I'm not 100% behind that. But I'm discerning it on my own and not missing out on that great other 80% because somebody else didn't like the 20 and told me that it was not worth it. Right. So discernment. There is a difference I, I would I join you wholeheartedly in that recommendation. There is a difference though between discernment and being hypercritical, right? Discernment yes. is able to say what you just said. Eighty percent of this was really good. I'm not sure I agree with the twenty. Hypercriticism says throw the whole like burn the book burn because of the, the 20. book, right? Like it's it's a totally different thing. Yeah. And and I get like there are some books that you're reading and you're you know like you're a quarter of the way into it and have not really found anything right. that's salvageable. And you're like, all right, you know, this is not toxic. Maybe is not the right word, but like, this is not what I need to be ingesting. Right. But then put the book down. Right. You don't need and to. And that's con- fair yeah, enough. Absolutely. But, but to th- there are, there can be, you, you can go from discernment to, to a sense of anytime I run across anything that I maybe slightly disagree with, I disagree with Chuck the whole thing and, and everything that that person has ever done or will ever do ever. Right. right. That's not discernment. That's being hypercritical. That's having, uh, that's having kind of a harsh spirit. It's not helpful. It's not healthy. Discernment is healthy. Yeah. It's, it's able to, to parse through, okay, this is, this is good. This will edify me. This doesn't, I'll put that away. I'll, I'll just kind of get rid of that. I'll hold on to this. And if we're reading critically, we're always going to find things. We're reading with discernment, I should say. Right. We're always going to find things where we maybe disagree a little bit with the author. That's okay. Right. Like, like they're still Christian. You're still Christian. Yeah. Usually. Usually. <laughs> and, and, and we can. Now, there are some things that are so wrong 
that you don't want to recommend it. Right. Or you think, ah, that's totally off. If somebody has a has a heretical view of the Trinity. Right. You don't want to necessarily be bandying about that recommendation. But if it's just I disagreed on this, like, you know, remember our creed? Remember or our motto, at least, you know, in the non-essentials, liberty, in all things charity. Yeah. Show a little charity, man. It's all right. Discernment doesn't mean you don't have charity for people. Right. And that can get wrong, especially because there's those quote unquote discernment websites out there that are. Oh, I didn't even know about that. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Cottage industry of who can we tear down next under the name of discernment. Let's let's keep going. Okay. (laughs) Let's not recommend that. Let's not recommend that. Um, What else? You just said discernment came to mind when I said recommendation. I'm curious now what else came to mind? Oh, let me, I, I have a list on my phone. Because She's that's, prepared. That's how I, no, this is like, because I have it on my phone. I'm like driving. All oh right. yeah. Sorry. Add this to my list. Yeah. Don't text and drive. I don't. Okay. I don't. Um, <laughs> oh, an accelerated Bible reading plan. Yeah. You just did this, right? So I'm in the, I'm still in the midst of it, If this episode is coming out. Uh, is it, we're in April now. In April. Yeah. I, I should have just finished okay. my, I, so I did a 90 or I'm in the process of doing a 90 day which I'm being realistic. As long as I finish in a hundred days, I'm still good with that. I'm I'm 14 yeah. days behind right now. I okay. got really bogged down in the Psalms. I don't know why. I just really like. That's a strange place to get bogged down. I don't. Yeah. Well, it was long. You were reading like 27 Psalms a day. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it yeah. was a, a lot. Yeah. But it's it's a very different way for me of reading because I'm super critical, analytical, like they use this word. Why did he use that word? Where else is it? What does it mean? You know, like I want all of that. And so it's like, just throw all of that out. Just read it, just get through it. And so I, I feel like you see, or I'm seeing like different overarching themes that like you miss when you're just reading portions or when you're reading it really slowly that like you're not connecting as many of the dots or you're not getting as much of that repetition that's there because you're reading it over, you know, six months where when you're reading it in six weeks, like you, you just feel a lot more of that repetition. Yeah. So I highly recommend some sort of Excel. I mean, I think 90 days is aggressive. Make (laughs) make sure that you're well rested. Make sure that you have good reading glasses. You've been to the eye doctor recently because you'll get headaches from reading so much. But I do feel like it's been good to like draw you away from social media or just wasting my time because, you know, like you're, oh, I could read a chapter if I like sit right now. I can Mm -hmm. make good use of my time. You're always looking for that time. If you know you're on this plan, you're always looking for that little window. You know, like when you get behind, you're you're 15 chapters in the Bible (laughs) behind in one day. Right. So like it doesn't take a lot to really start to to fall off. So and be realistic. I mean, like if you fall off and it takes you 180 days to do the 90 day plan, you've still done awesome. You've got through the Bible in 180 days. Right. Well done. A huge accomplishment. It's also like, I've never done this, but when you told me about it, I thought, you know what, this is a great way to get through things like the Pentateuch really quickly. Yeah. You know, because we we can get bogged down when you're every day, you're reading another list of laws, another Mm -hmm. list of laws, another list of laws. But when you've got to knock it out, yeah. In two days, the whole of Leviticus, that can really, that gets you through it. Yeah. And uh, it's also a great way to do the prophets because sometimes we can get bogged down in the details of prophetic writing. That's, I'm in the prophets right now. And yeah. It's, is it better going through it this accelerated way? Do you enjoy it or are you just like? Well, enjoy it might be strong word for it, <laughs> but there's like, you just, 
like I said, just the repetition, you 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 get so much more of like they're mm. saying the same thing over and over. God is saying the same thing over and over again. Maybe listen to that kind thing. of like that, like <laughs> yeah, not nagging, but you know, like it's important. I didn't yeah. just say it once. I have said it over and over and over. And you people have proved who you are over and over and over. Sinful yeah. and in need of a savior, over and over and over. That's. I think it's a really important. It's an important principle of biblical interpretation. What God repeats, we should listen to. Right. And when we're not repeating it, or when he's not repeating it, and we start repeating it, maybe we're making majors out of minors. Right. And ignoring the majors that are in there. Listening to you talk, I, I would think that this is a major theme running through the Bible, but as I'm reading it myself, I'm I'm barely even seeing it. Yeah. But this other thing that I may not have noticed as much because I, I just, maybe I glossed over it because it's so repeated. Now I'm seeing the repetition so intensely. I should pay attention to this a little bit more. Yeah. That's great. That's a wonderful way to do it. I'll recommend a Bible reading plan. Okay. I'm doing this year, the, as it happened reading plan. Uh, it's Ooh, is on, that like a chronological? It is. Okay. And I, I'm kind of a history nerd. I love, I'm, I'm a, we know that about all right, you. listen, <laughs> let's just say I'm kind of a nerd and everything I love can get taken to the nerd extreme. Mm-hmm. History is one of those things. Um, and so reading this chronologically has been really cool. And the, as, as it happened, um, reading is fun. So for example, when you start out, you do the first 11 chapters of Genesis and then you do Job because Job is, is written before anything else, mm-hmm. but if it happened the way we think it happened, historically, it happens before Abraham. Really? But after the Tower of Babel. So the whole of the book of Job is dropped in, in between 11 and 12. When you're reading through uh, the, the Samuels and Chronicles and those, you're reading the Psalms interspersed in there as David or Solomon or the sons of Korah and them would have written them. It's really cool. See, so my plan... You're in the Psalms so soon after that, that you remember, you're like, oh, we just like, I remember that guy. He did this. He was, you know, or, you know, I remember that situation they're referring to. Like I read about that two weeks ago instead of months and months and months where you you don't just draw those connections. Well, and the prophets are put in their, um, in their context. So when you're reading it this way and you get to, you you get to a prophet later and, and you're going, wait, what exact, when are we? What's right. you don't have to do that. It's, it's as it happened. Suddenly Amos is dropped in where Amos would be. Malachi is at the end still, but like most of the prophets happened during what we're reading in the Samuel's Kings and, and Chronicles. And so the prophets are dropped in there. That's what we, I was thinking of doing next year. It's is a cool. chronological one. I'll have. It's to really cool. I'm looking forward. I'm not in the New Testament yet. Obviously, that's a that gets to. The I'm end so close. The, I should be there by the end of the week. There you go. So I, I won't be in the New Testament for a few months. <laughs> but um, when I get there, when you get through the Book of Acts, the letters are dropped in when they would have been written during the Book of Acts. Um, and, and I just, I, during COVID I taught through acts. And yes, so I, I really that. enjoyed that. I loved doing it as one of my favorite things that I've done. So, um, so tell your mom, thank you. I'm glad she enjoyed <laughs> it because I really enjoyed it too. All right. So that's one book to read the Bible. Um, do you have any other book recommendations? Uh, I have two okay. that I haven't read. <laughs> oh boy. The best kind of recommendation. So now I feel that these have been so wholeheartedly embraced that I, I feel like I could go out on a limb. Um, so the Reform Brotherhood podcast, every once in a while, they'll read through a book together. Okay. 
And so I have not read the book because I got behind and all of a sudden I was like, oh, they're reading it and they're three chapters in. So I've just been listening to the episodes, but it is called uh, Reset by David Murray. And it is about your, your physical health feeding into your spiritual health and like taking them, taking that seriously, your physical health. And so I, I like their way that they do it because you read the chapter and then you listen to the podcast. And so, you know, sometimes they'll say something you're like, oh, I totally missed that you know, what he was saying or didn't think about it this way or didn't like think about the practical application in how, you know, when, when you were talking about it, like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I wholeheartedly love like book with a podcast. That's a cool way to do it. Or like a catechism with the podcast. Yeah. I like, I like that. It's like having a book club, but you can make it whenever you want and you don't have to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Book club where you don't have to talk. How how great is that? Oh, man, that's the introvert just talking there. Um, You know, I I think that's a great recommendation. I like the idea, holistic health, right? Your body, we, we focus a lot on spiritual health. Physical health, emotional health, these things matter too. Mental health. Um, It's funny, uh, I've had people say recently, oh, you look like you've lost weight. And I think they're lying liars. Uh, I don't know that I've (laughs) lost. But I have been trying to take this more seriously. I'm going to the gym. I'm trying to watch what I'm eating. I'm trying to be more careful with it. I'm doing a lot less of like, uh, fast food is not something I'm doing regularly anymore. Um, Just trying to take care of my body because there is a link between your physical health and your spiritual health. And as a pastor, there's a link between your physical health and your effectiveness as a pastor. And that's something that John's been uh, very lovingly and gently <laughs> saying, hey, you need to look at this because there is a link. It's a real and thing. So it's a real thing. Yeah. Uh, good recommendation. I have a book recommendation too. Okay. Um, this was recommended to all the pastors by Pastor John. He read this and said, you guys all need to read this. It's <laughs> called The Diary of a Pastor's Soul. It's written by the former president of Princeton Theological Seminary, uh, Craig Barnes. It came out last year. It's brilliant. It's um, it, it's technically fiction. He says it's fiction. And as I'm reading through it, I'm like, nah, this is you. You're just calling it fiction so that you, you can change like, the names and get away with right. it. I know a guy. Yeah, I know a guy. I have yeah. a friend. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it feels like, oh, this is all you, bro. Um, so this is, uh, is Craig Barnes, um, a fictional pastor who is journaling his last year in ministry. And he's just kind of pouring his soul into a journal. He writes uh, an entry a week. And so you get 12 months of entries, one a week. And and you go through this guy's reflections on his career as a pastor. And as a guy who's new to this, right? So I'm, I'm coming up now on my third anniversary, which is um, basically I've stopped falling down as I toddle around is all that really means, right? If you think about a three-year-old child, they still fall over and cry a lot. That's me. Um, (laughs) So I'm still trying to figure out this whole pastoring thing. And here's a book written from the perspective of somebody who's looking back over a career ministry. It's a really powerful book. Uh, Makes some observations about pastoring that are really helpful. And I'm recommending this to non-pastors as well, because I think it, it is a glimpse into the souls of your pastors. Um, all of us have read this and go, wow, we really resonate with this. Or I wish I was more like this. You know, some of the goals of being pastor are are there. Some of the pains of being pastor are laid out for you. Uh, So it's, it's an easy read. It's a really good read. It's a slow read. And and not because it's hard to read, but because after every entry, you kind of just want to sit there for a second and digest. Think about it. Yeah. It's, um, 
it's really good. So I recommend that. You, you said you had two books. Yeah. The other one, I think I've mentioned it before. Okay. Um, Gentle and Lowly. By, oh, um, yeah. I think it's Dave, Dane. Dane, Dane Ortland. Orton. Yeah. yeah. So I bought it like maybe in the fall and have not read it. And then I started my Bible reading. So that is all that I'm doing right now. Right, that is, right. the, you know, the whole of my mental capacity. I get it. But I kind of picked an accelerated one because I had heard that, you know, somebody had recommended it. And I was like, sure, I'll try that because I always peter out around this time of year yeah, because it's busy and I'm like bored mm -hmm. because you're lit just reading lists of names. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I feel like I could commit to 90 days. Uh, so I have gentle and lowly is like on my That's set on deck. list. That's what's coming up next. And All I really right. want to like spend some time in it. I'm going to read it slowly and yeah. really like kind of Bible study, read it. I think because yeah. I think I'm going to like be in a place where I'm going to, so it's gentle and lowly, the heart of Christ for sinners and sufferers. Yeah. I've heard so many good things about this book. Uh, it's won awards. Like it, that's a good one. Yeah. So great recommendation. Anyway, I won't have started my, my book reading it yet. So if anybody wants to book club with me, if anybody would like to purchase gentle and lowly for Jess and Marcos, I already own here. it. I have it. It's sitting your second copy to give away. Oh, okay. See, see, I'm just, sure. trying to, I'm just saying, you know, yeah, no, mine is waiting for me. <laughs> no, it, that's I, think a, I bought it from my, Oh no, my mother bought it for me for Christmas oh, there or you my go. birthday. One of those. I definitely have got it in the fall. It's on. It's on the list for me. It's definitely one I'm going to pick up soon and and go through because um, I've heard so many good things about it. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a second book as well. It's it, it's. I don't want to say it's more controversial, although it's about a controversial topic, um, and and it is a more difficult read than the ones we've been talking about. Uh, it is the rise and triumph of the modern self. The subtitle is cultural amnesia. Expressive individualism and the road to sexual revolution. Uh, it that is written. That sounds yeah, like a textbook. <laughs> it's well, it could be. It's an important book, yeah. though. It's really important. Uh, it is written by Carl Truman, who was um, one of my professors at Westminster Theological Seminary, where I was there. And uh, right now, I'm kind of leaning into if I don't know you or you're not dead, I'm not reading you. That's a little bit what I'm doing right now, and and there's reasons for that. But so I'm reading a lot of um, old dead guys because pastors like to read old dead guys. They're they're really good at what they do. Or I'm reading people I have a personal relationship with, and and I took a handful of classes from Carl. Um, I'm at the place where I can call him Carl. We've we've stayed friendly. Mm -hmm. um, it's genius, and the book that he is th really the whole um, premise behind the book is he's trying to answer th this question: How have we gotten to a place in our society? where the phrase, I'm a man trapped in a woman's body, makes sense to the everyday person on the street. You don't have to have like, you, you don't study queer theory for a living. You're not, uh, you're not struggling with gender dysphoria yourself. You're just an everyday Joe walking down the road and you know what someone means when they say I'm a man trapped in a woman's body, whereas 50 years ago, that would have made no sense to you. How right. did we get here? And so he goes through the philosophical, the political, the entertainment, the literary, the different ways we got here to this cultural moment. Um, he doesn't give a whole lot of um, advice for how we go forward. He's a historian by trade. Okay. So he's he's simply saying, how did we end up here? I would probably like that book. It's so helpful. I actually listened to it. He reads his own audiobook, mm -hmm. um, which felt a little bit like I was back in his classroom. <laughs> it was it was really cool. Um, it's really an important book, and and I recommend it. To, you know, listen to it, read it. 
it, it is a tough read. It's, you know, he's a historian and he's a theologian and he gets into philosophy. You have to follow arguments. It's not a light read, but it is, it is an important one, especially if you're trying to understand how we got here, because by understanding how we got here, we may be able to understand a little bit how to move forward well as Christians and as the church. So, um, highly recommend it. Cool. Uh, no reservation there. Um, okay. Jess, give us a last recommendation from you. A last recommendation. Let me search my list. Let's let's search your list. Oh, sit in the quiet. Oh. Have quiet. And I don't mean quiet time, like wake up early, you know, time Bible study. Like that's not the kind of, I'm right. talking about like silent. Yeah. Quiet. I have been, I like music a lot. I listen to music a lot, maybe less in the last year than I typically have. But I have been driving around recently. The kids drop them off. We've been listening to books in the car. When they get out, I turn their book off and I just drive in quiet. Ooh. Just me and the quiet and my thoughts. And it's wonderful. Yeah. And I think I like, I don't remember what I was listening to when they were talking about quiet and how like we as a modern people do not know quiet. Like nowhere that you go is actually quiet. Like, you know, think 200 years ago, the amount of ambient noise that, didn't exist. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there was like, we constantly have cars and helicopters and planes and, you know, like there's constant, constant, constant noise. And like, really just, we almost are uncomfortable with quiet, like true quiet, but just get like, get comfortable with it. I'm super uncomfortable with it. I'm not good at this. Um, I'm, I, I, I appreciate that recommendation actually, because, um, I almost go everywhere with my earbuds in. Right. I'm always listening to music or I've got a pack podcast running or something like that. Um, that's, that's an important, it, it's an important discipline because we can sometimes drown out the Holy spirit and um, he, he, he's trying to prompt uh, your alarms going off. I have Jess. to go get my kids from school. Oh, all right. But it's an important, anyway, this is an important, yes, that's yeah. It hammers that home. <laughs> No, but we, we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us in the quiet of our heart because we're not getting to the quiet of our heart. Right. Um, and, and that's something I've struggled with. I, I like the idea of just turning everything off in the car. That's a great way to do it. And, and it's just an easy, you know, like you're not spent. It's, it's, it takes time to get to where you're like going on a two hour walk with nothing. Yeah. You know, but just to start out, you know, like the seven minute drive to church. All right. I'm just going to spend that time with God in the quiet, not with God in music or listening to, you know, a podcast or a sermon or anything. Just, just quiet. Just quiet. And I did do that though. The walk. And there's a place I want to recommend for okay. this. Cause when you said rest and quiet, this immediately you came to place? mind. I do. It's called the poet's walk. It's up in Red Hook in Duchess. Okay. Um, it is gorgeous. Now I went in October. Oh, so the like, trees were on fire. Yeah. It was beautiful. It's right overlooking the river um, and the train tracks as well. There was something really in like beautiful about sitting there in this kind of idyllic place and the train goes by. It's like you're you're in a painting, right? It is beautiful. Uh, I didn't go with music. I didn't go listening. I went with my Bible. Um, I didn't read it while I was there. Um, I also went with a journal. I did some writing. And that was a way for me to be able to process some of the things going on in my own soul, mm -hmm. in my own heart, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to me a little bit. Um, 
it's a beautiful thing to do. It, it's about 120 acres of nothing but trees and uh, a couple little like bench areas and gazebos and stuff like that. It's beautiful. Cool. The weather's starting to warm up now. It's a great little drive away. Um, it's a great place to find some serenity, to find some quiet. So good recommendation, Jess. I like I'm that. I'm just full of them at you 3 o'clock in the morning when I wake up. <laughs> Put that on the list. Get your phone out. Add that to the list. Awesome. <laughs> Well, Jess, thank you for your recommendations. Thank uh, you for yours. Listen, I hope that people listen to this and say, we have things to recommend as well. They can let us know. Tell us your recommendations. Info at goodwillchurch.org. Uh, when you see this episode pop up on social media, you can comment there as well. Uh, you can comment on the actual episode itself on iTunes and all those places where you can uh, listen to our podcast. So let us know what you recommend. We hope that our recommendations to you are enjoyable and that you you get something out of them. Uh, thank you for being with us for this episode of Goodwill Talk. This was episode five of the Goodwill Talk uh, show. I got that wrong. This was episode four of season six of Goodwill Talk. <laughs> we'll see you again next week. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you like our show, please leave us a five-star rating, write a review, and be sure to tell your friends to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Check out our episode notes for links to our church website and any resources shared on this episode. Editing and sound design by Jeff DeMatti. Marcos Ortega wrote this episode. Our executive producers are Mike Antonucci, Jeff DeMatti, and Tracy Johnson. Your co-hosts are Pastor Marcos Ortega and Jessica Kilduff. A special thanks to Goodwill Church for supporting this show so we may provide it to you, our listeners, for free. Let's talk again next week 